You're listening to the Digital Forensics Files podcast with your host, Tyler Hatch from DFI Forensics. Hello and welcome to the Digital Forensics Files podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Hatch from DFI Forensics. I'm really excited for today's guest. I've got Brett Shavers with me here. He's joining me from down uh, south of me in Seattle. Uh, Brett, you're a really interesting guy. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the show. Thank you for doing this, my friend. Sure. It's my pleasure. Glad to be here. Awesome. Let me jump into something. So as I was just um, explaining to you in our, our little intro here before we started recording, you and I sort of plugged into each other through social media because we're involved in forensics and it's a pretty small community and eventually you sort of start to know people. But you in particular seem to jump out to me because you're a really interesting guy. You're, you seem like you have a big personality and you've done some incredible stuff, man. So I was tracking you down a few months ago and I looked at your website and uh, Brett, brettshavers.com. If anybody's interested, I highly recommend you check it out. So I peek on the uh, about me part of your page and man, you've got one hell of an about me page. Do you mind if I read that? Sure, go ahead. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. Okay, so Brett's about me page says, swam with sharks, solved some murders, dined with crime bosses, taught at world-class university, been shot at, stabbed, and beaten, kicked down doors as a SWAT dog, bought, sold, and seized tons of drugs, earned EGA, carried an M60, hunted wild boars, chased by the same, wrote some books, writing some more, drove really fast cars. You've got a great picture of your you know, accomplishments. You're driving a sports car. I don't even know where to begin with you, man. It's not even fair. <laughs> so well, interesting. Like I said, so some of that is uh, more exciting than it sounds and the other uh, just not as exciting. <laughs> yeah. So take me back to the beginning, man. So like when you were you know, graduating out of high school, how did you jump into, like, where do we begin with all this? Like, how did you jump into it back then? Well, I was 17 and I joined the Marines and I was, uh, had my 18 year old uh, birthday in boot camp, And then I, you know, traveled the world a bit in the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. uh, did a lot of training and that sort of thing. And my wife just says I walked around in the woods a lot, uh, which I guess in effect, she's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's when I started jumping out of airplanes and that sort of thing. So, what, uh, so you're always seeking the thrill or what's, what's with you then? You know, um, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably it. So. Has that tamed off over the years? Are you still seeking those thrills? Uh, you know, I I don't think it tapers off at all. I think it just keeps on going. I yeah. uh, don't run as fast as I used to run, but I still I like to uh, do things that are fun and exciting. Yeah, well done. Love it. So what was it that initially drove you into the military? or, or... Probably the seeking for fun mm -hmm. and, and stuff, travel the world, that sort of thing. Um, I, I grew up in the outdoors and... You know, the Marines seemed to be kind of an outdoorsy type of job. And I was only 17 and mm -hmm. I wanted to be a cop, but oh, yeah. 17 year old is a, is too young to be a cop. So I figure I'll just uh, go to the military for a few years, be old enough and, and be a cop afterward. Interesting. So how long did you serve in the military? Uh, just four years. Okay. And when you came out, did you continue to explore the, the law enforcement route? I did. I uh, went in law enforcement. I became a patrol officer, did a bike patrol for a while. And, uh, and from there went to, um, Narcotics, detectives, vice, did SWAT, uh, field training officer. I taught firearms and defensive tactics and, you know, did uh, undercover uh, in and out of state, out of country. I actually did undercover work in your neck of the woods in really? Canada for wow. a while. So 
I traveled around, did some kind of fun stuff. Wow. So with that, what what time frame are we talking about? Like the the late 80s, kind of 90s? That was uh, the 90s to the early 2000s. Okay, wow. So what were, what were the... What was the the drug that you were seeking to enforce at that time? Was it cocaine trafficking? It was coke and the BC bud. Okay, yes. it kind of blew up in ecstasy. Started taking off. I mm. started out with meth, you know, street level meth buys, and then I worked more into, um, you know, thousand pounds of marijuana from BC bud and wow. swapping it for hundreds of kilos and that sort of thing, and just Crazy. a lot of uh, fun times, really. You got ice in your veins. So dining with crime bosses, I mean, is that as is that an accurate portrayal of, of what you did? Like, would you literally sit down with the, the top people undercover? Yeah, I did that. I've had um, one of the one of the crime bosses, I guess he bought me a, a condominium in uh, Richmond and he mm-hmm. uh, gave me a Cadillac. And so I uh, hung out with him for a while and some other guys and some outlaw biker type of things and some uh, Asian organized crime, mostly Chinese triads, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I mean, Brad, that sounds super dangerous. Were you in danger at a lot of points? Probably. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You were too focused to even notice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a couple of locked doors. I've been in rooms with locked doors. I've been patted down. Yeah. uh, Searched on occasion. Um, I've had a gun stuck in my gut once. Jeez. Um, Went to jail on three occasions to, um, as undercover to try mm. to get information from certain people. So right. spent some time in a county jail. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, at least you're in uh, under circumstances where you knew you were coming out. That's, that's a bonus. Yes, <laughs> but it, it's still, it's still interesting. So. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't want to trade places with you. I don't care what the circumstances <laughs> were. Jail is a deterrent for me. It's interesting right. because I, I was, um, I was actually pursuing law enforcement myself out of high school. Uh, my dad was a cop in the RCMP and he did a lot of undercover work. And so, you know, he did some gnarly stuff, but I know that kind of work can take a toll on your family. So how did you, did you have a difficult time balancing that with your wife? And You know, my, my wife's pretty supportive and uh, smart kids, uh, mm-hmm. smart wife. So there, you know, a lot of uh, um, my paranoia kind of rubbed off on them. And, you know, we had some key phrases, some safety mm-hmm. terms, phone right. calls, emergency signals, that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of counter surveillance driving, even my wife would do it uh, right. just, just to be safe. Yeah, for sure. Did you have to be mic'd up when you were undercover? Because uh, the counter surveillance or the, uh, excuse me, the surveillance stuff was a little bit bigger and bulkier a few years back. Yeah, there's some still some small um, recording devices and transmitters. So for the most part, I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of times I just couldn't be. Yeah. But I, I, especially working with the feds, I was, I did organized crime cases with the FBI Secret Service, DEA, ICE. So uh, they usually wanted me to be wired up, which mm-hmm. wasn't always um, able to. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. At what point did you pivot your career into forensics, digital forensics? You know, there's a couple uh, close calls that I had undercover mm-hmm. um, and started making me think, you know, this probably isn't the best lifestyle <laughs> to last too much longer. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, you know, a friend of mine at uh, Homeland Security had gone away for a few months for training and, and we were working a case together and he was gone. I'm working a case by myself. He comes back and I go, dude, where'd, where'd you go? And he goes, I went to a Flexi, to a computer forensics. And I oh. go, really? What? And I said, well, what, what is all that about? And he goes, all I can tell you is I'm marketable. And I say, okay, this is something I look into. Hmm. And, I, and I learned quickly that a computer is never going to pull a gun on me. 
So yeah. I figured this is probably the path I want to go. So I, I went that path while I was in law enforcement for training. This, um, uh, you know, pretty good cases, pretty neat cases, mm-hmm. some bad cases with child pornography, that sort of thing. Yeah, that can't be pleasant. Yeah. Um, do, have you always been into technology and interested in that kind of thing? I, I have. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty much I have. I remember, I mean, from high school, you know, with basic programming, learning mm-hmm. that. And, and that's the time frame really where I got started. Right. In the military, none, nothing really. It was mostly like my wife said, walking around in, in the woods. Right. No uh, technology out there that I was dealing with. <laughs> I got I to say, I love the way you say, not only did you hunt wild boars, a lot of people would stop there, but you add that they actually chased you back. I'd love to hear one of those stories. Well, you know, you, you got to make sure you shoot it. I was, they squeal and then more come. Oh, and, okay. um, then you're dealing with a lot more than just the one that you didn't kill that was just squeaking. and they're pissed so, off because you mess with your yeah, friend they're mad, they're right, you yeah. mess with their friend so, now right so <laughs> interesting so the the kind of cases aside from the unpleasant ones that you worked with digital forensics what what were some of the other stuff well law enforcement it was um mostly child pornography mm. that, that's a big one but then there's um you know forgery uh, there's when meth was really a big thing an id theft you know and, and the meth Kids are using laptops and they're scanning ID cards and, and creating fake IDs. So a couple mm-hmm. of those things. Um, and I actually more think about mostly it was child pornography and, and those uh, forgery type of cases in right. law enforcement. Nothing breaches, no hacks, that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you find that rewarding to kind of catch catch the people who were doing that kind of thing and perhaps they thought they were smart enough to get away with it and you were able to trace it down? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think the more rewarding, most of them were already arrested mm-hmm. or if it was like a tip line and tracing IP addresses, that, that sort of thing is kind of a surprise to them. But a majority of them were already arrested. They, however they got caught and there's child pornography, where there's um, like a child rape case where a man had raped his granddaughter and he had a lot of computers. Mm-hmm. So in that case, he had confessed, you know, I guess I did this thing, just bad stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, took pictures and looking at the computers and what he was doing. I mean, he had probably a thousand other crimes that he had committed. So the forensics really bolstered more charges onto him where he's Mm -hmm. sending and sharing child pornography and downloading child pornography. So in addition to the rape, um, just a forensics part of it really solidified the case. And that kind of surprised him of, uh, you know, he thought he was going to do some hard time for the rape of a child, Mm -hmm. but he really did a lot more time because it was, I can't even imagine it was, tens of thousands of pictures he was taking oh, and wow. there's also some uh, neighborhood kids that were oh. unknown victims so wow. the forensics found some unknown victims identified them and probably so that led, kind of surprises him yeah for sure it probably led to exposing the ring that he was involved in i would imagine yep, you know, some the, sharing of that material as well yeah yeah wow so unpleasant stuff how do you just bury that kind of stuff and move on until to the next case when it kind of it must impact you you know, you never really bury anything. Um, and, and I think that goes for all police officers and military. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there's fatal traffic accidents, there's suicides, mm-hmm. homicides and combat. You have things as well. And then you have the child crimes and not just child, any sexual assault mm-hmm. or any violent assault. I think in that effect is wears on you oh, yeah. in time. So you, you can't really bury it. You just, you have to deal with it, accept it and deal with it in, uh, in whatever manner you can. Yeah, for sure. Um, we've got Veterans Day coming around the corner here. Is that a still hold a lot of uh, special meaning to you in, in your current life? You know, it does because I say it's Veterans Day. I think I get a free coffee somewhere. Hey, <laughs> so, I, I hope uh, you get more than that, my friend. Yeah. 
But yeah. I mean, personally, uh, I had fun doing military. And most veterans, you know, it's, uh, you know, they, they want to do it. I mm-hmm. just don't like their, their, I mean, it is a sacrifice for your family and it could be worse than that, more than that. But mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things you, you want to do. And, and uh, just, you know, Veterans Day is just, it's nice to be appreciated, but it's uh, not necessary really for the, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I think it's great too. And I know a lot of the veterans up here and, and in the States too are, are very humble and they don't like to get the spotlight and the attention, but at least once a year, it, it's really appropriate and they can kind of let their guard down and just enjoy it. And I, I hope you get a chance to do that. And I hope you get a lot of appreciation and love on that day. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'll be thinking of you, my friend. Um, so nowadays, are is it, is it correct that I'm kind of seeing you involved in more high level training in, in our field? Yes. Some forensics and training, I guess is what it, uh, kind of morphing, trying to do less of the running around 24 seven. Yeah. A smartphone I did that for I many years. You know how that drains on you where, um, there's always a fire to put out or 10 yeah. fires to put out. Yeah. I'm starting so, to realize uh, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So the, the training that you're talking about would be like weapons training and, and, and that kind of thing. Well, forensics training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do presentations. I do a lot of in, uh, in-service internal uh, training for, um, you know, different forensic groups or even mm-hmm. some law firms trying to set up where they can do a lot of in-house mm-hmm. things. So, um, you know, training paralegals and some IT, this is how, the fr- this is the easy forensics things that you can do right other stuff you might want to hire somebody yeah else to do right no for sure yeah there's kind of a, a line there where a lot of things can be done in-house and, and sometimes you gotta bring in somebody who's more specialized or highly trained but uh i, I certainly don't discourage people from from getting that kind of training and doing it in-house it, it keeps costs down for their clients it makes it more efficient and as long as they're using it and understanding the field and its capabilities and limitations i encourage everybody to to learn more so i think that's awesome yeah, and also so um that they know what to look for so mm-hmm. they're just i mean someone who's securing a network for example may not know you know the legal ramifications of what they or that's coming across their desk. Mm-hmm. So some of the things to be aware of, uh, like child pornography, I, I had what a, a fortune 500 company that there was a ring of child pornographers inside the company. The employees were sharing oh, wow. on the company network. Wow. And the company themselves didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a major crime. And you just can't be copying and printing and, nope. and make an internal investigation. You have to actually call 911. Yeah, <laughs> it's certainly. Different. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Very interesting stuff. So what are you, um, are you flying out of any planes? Are you jumping out of any planes this weekend? Or are you, are you just, oh, there's my dog. Sorry. <laughs> you know, going to keep it pretty calm this weekend or what's, what's the plan? Pretty calm. Yeah. yeah. My wife has uh, restricted me from jumping out of planes. Oh, now. Man. She said, uh, those, those days are done. So oh. I, I figured, okay, I guess I've, I've jumped out of enough. Okay. Well, what, what's, what's the number of jumps? When, when did you stop losing count? You know, uh, some years ago, uh, you know, around a hundred or so jumps, but that's, that was about when I, uh, I kind of stopped and did more things. It takes a lot of time. You know, your hobbies take a lot of time. You had to start to pick and choose uh, which hobbies you want to stick with. And yeah, that wasn't one of the ones I, I stuck with. Right. Right. Wow. Interesting stuff. And then you've got the, you've got your kids to keep you busy. You've got, uh, do you have, do you have pets as well? I'm a dog guy. As I you have, can tell. I have no pets. No pets. So, uh, Walk kids, around the kids woods. Are, kids are pretty much gone oh, man. on their own now. My uh, my son's at Yale to be a lawyer. So, oh, really? Uh, a, a Yale attorney in the, in the family soon. Impressive. You weren't kidding when you said you had smart kids. Yeah, my it daughter's in graduate 
program at USC. So uh, the, the, the kids, the, the mom raised them right. Yeah. So. Well done. You must be very proud. That's, that's fantastic. I'm so yes. happy to hear that. Yeah. Well, great kids. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. Well, hey, Brett, it was really wonderful to talk to you and get to know you. And I, I really thank you for, for taking out the time of your busy schedule to, uh, to join my little podcast here and, and have a chat with me. Uh, it was really wonderful to meet you. And uh, I'll, I'll be sure to follow you on, on all your social media. You're, you're what, on, on Twitter. Um, that, that's probably your favorite one. You like the Twitter? You know, yeah. because it's quick and easy. It is quick <laughs> so and easy. Yeah. Doesn't require a lot of brain thought. So, <laughs> so, yeah. well, I love your stuff, man. I'm looking forward to following you in the future. And it was really good to catch up. Big bet. Right back at you. Have a great day, Brett. Oh, you too. Take care.